Hello, friends. Maestro here, bringing you episode 477 of Maestro on the Mic. In today's episode, we are talking about setting boundaries with clients. Right off the bat, I am going to quote the great James Olivia Chu Hillman, boundaries are basic. I want to validate anyone out there who struggles with setting and enforcing boundaries. But to me, boundaries are basic. You want the nuance? You want to hear what the heck I'm talking about? Tune into the full episode. All this and more, but first, hey, DJ, give me that heartbeat. This is Maestro on the Mic. A podcast designed to help you change your mindset and your life. It is time for something new. Join host Dr. Shante Cofield, also known as the Movement Maestro, on a journey to see the bigger picture. Open your eyes. Find your passion and discover how movement unites us all. Let's get it popping. This is Maestro on the Mic. I'm the Maestro, and you're about to get Maestro-fied. Three, two, one. Hello, 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 my podcast people, and thank you for joining me for yet another episode of my favorite podcast. Today, we are talking about setting boundaries with clients. This was a question that came from not one, but two dope Insta homies. I never know if I should say the names of the people because I put them in the little question box on Instagram, and uh, I'm sure actually Micah wouldn't wouldn't mind, but the other person, I don't know. So uh, this is a, a topic that was brought up. I dropped a question box on Instagram and said, hey, help me out. What are some topics you'd want me to cover on the podcast? And the issue, the topic of setting boundaries with clients came up, and I was like, you know what? I'm going to do that. So before we hop on into the episode, uh, I want to reference last Thursday's podcast episode, which was episode number 476 with my homie, my girl, my heart, Erica Webb. Uh, The name of that episode was People Pleasing Perfectionism and Finding Peace. And I'm throwing it back to that episode or bring that episode up because I realized that my approach to things can feel very... Um, objective. And because of that, it can feel maybe cold. It can feel maybe, I don't want to say harsh. I don't think that I come off as harsh, but I think sometimes people are like, you just don't understand. And I'm like, okay, like I, maybe I don't. Um, I do believe that at the end of the day, action is the answer. And that's what I'm always looking at. Like, what are the action items? Uh, but I do understand that there's also a ton of value in feeling validated, not just by what someone says, but feeling validated because perhaps they have a shared experience. Uh, and so Erica, you know, came on the podcast and talked about her own, her own issues, her own struggles with things, uh, namely kind of in the people pleasing world, perfectionism, kind of flirting with anxiety, um, the mental health side of things. And I just think it's a really, I think overall it was a phenomenal episode. So I'll probably be promoting that episode for a bit. Um, but I think that that will, episode will pair nicely with this one. So we will link that in the show notes. Thank you, Courtney. Uh, so give this one a listen and then you can give that one a listen if you have not already. So as it relates to today's topic of setting boundaries with clients, when I was sitting down and outlining this, I really wanted to try and keep this episode shorter. So hopefully we will. I see how long my outline is, but in approaching it, I wanted to keep it shorter because I wanted to make it meta. Because to quote the great James Olivia Chu Hillman, boundaries are basic. And it was my it is my fear that if I make this episode very long and I, you know I devote a ton of time to it, uh, devote a spend on it, I'm gonna how do I want to say that? If I make this episode super long, that's what I should say. If I make this episode super long, uh, 
It will give folks the impression that they should, you know, I hate that word, but they should be devoting a ton of time and energy to this topic of boundaries. And I think that we've given it more weight than it deserves. Of course, I want to validate the difficulty that some folks have regarding setting and upholding boundaries, whether it's with their family, their friends, or in this case, their clients, and the internal you know, turmoil and struggle that it causes them. But at the end of the day, I truly do believe that what James Olivia said is right. Boundaries are basic. Notice that statement is not is not boundaries are easy. Or if you can't do it, then you're a little bitch. Like, I didn't say that. But fundamentally, boundaries are basic. So in a past, I think it was a past episode. Part of me thinks maybe it was a conversation, but I, I think it was a past episode um, with James Olivia. We were talking about boundaries. It had to be James Olivia. Uh, it had to be a, a past episode. Talking about boundaries being basic. And the example they used was for folks who have children, these folks have no issue enforcing boundaries and upholding boundaries as it relates to their kids and strangers. Like you wouldn't let some stranger come over and just like touch your kid or touch your kid's hair. You'd be like, no, there's a boundary here. I'm upholding it. In reality, this is no different than what you are asking and folks are asking me about upholding boundaries with their clients or upholding boundaries with their family members. But in this case, again, we're talking about upholding boundaries setting and upholding boundaries with their clients. The issue here is that these parents, these people are willing to deal with the outcome of their actions and they're willing to prioritize their child's well-being over that of the desire of a stranger. Setting and upholding boundaries is literally the exact same. It's asking you to do that for yourself. To me, setting and enforcing boundaries means prioritizing your well-being over someone else's desires. When I was writing this out, I wrote it as prioritizing your well, your well-being over someone else's. And it's not someone else's well-being. If you really sit with it, it's over their desires, the things that they want, the things that they want to do. Could their well-being be tied into that? Perhaps, but oftentimes it's just a desire, right? They want an outcome, a specific outcome. Yeah, it's going to be tied into well-being, yes. But again, at its, at its heart, it's just their desires. So to me, setting and, enforcing, setting and enforcing a boundary means prioritizing your well-being over someone else's desires. If this makes you feel some kind of way and you're like, ah, but I feel bad about that. Number one, that's okay. That's why I'm doing this episode. Right? And that's why in the beginning I validated, I, want to, I said I want to validate the, the internal turmoil and the struggle that this may cause, the, the unease. Number two... Again, my number one recommendation for all things human relationship related would be James Olivia's Skills Intensive. It's called Relate. It's three months, I believe. Um, again, they are inquisitive underscore human on Instagram. We will link both their Instagram and some past episodes we've done and um, the their website that has a, you, you, I'm pretty sure you can apply for Relate. But if... The thought of prioritizing yourself as it relates to interactions with other people makes you feel very bad or uncomfortable. You can't sit with it. I'm not here to say that that's wrong. If you want to change that and not feel that way or not have that feeling get in the way of you achieving the things you want or you getting the outcomes you want, my number one recommendation for that is James Olivia's Skills Intensive. So we'll put that in the show notes. I'm not an affiliate or anything like that for it. I just, 
I want the world to be a better place. So to me, as it relates to upholding these boundaries, right, setting boundaries and upholding boundaries, it all comes down to your ability to trust yourself to handle the outcome. I've spoken about this in past episodes as it relates to posting online, right, that we're not scared about the actual post. We're scared about what people might say. We're scared about the interaction. And if we could trust ourselves to handle that interaction with a potential troll, we would post, right? It would be, it'd make it that much easier. So we know, we have to understand, we've all done it, we've been through it. If we do not think we can handle the outcome, if we don't want that outcome, we'll avoid it. We'll avoid doing the thing. We'll try to control the We'll try to control the situation. We'll try to manipulate the situation. We'll try to control the other person. And ultimately, we'll sacrifice what we truly and actually want because we're like, I can't, I feel like I'm scared. I can't handle that outcome. Upholding boundaries is all about this. Can you trust yourself to handle the outcome? Do you trust yourself to handle the outcome? If we take it back to that interaction with, you know, someone and their kid or your pet, whatever you want it to be, something, whatever you can relate to, you're like, fuck yeah, I can handle that. I'm not gonna motherfucker out. Like we see how like, oh yeah, I'm ready for that. But when it comes to a client or some, a friend or something like that, and we're like this uncomfortableness, we don't really want that to handle that outcome. We don't trust ourselves. We don't want that to, to be in that situation, which is, again, why I recommend James Olivia's Skills Intensive. Yes, I also do believe that exposure therapy is going to be play a big role in this. And so there's going to be action items here that I'm going to give because, right, the only way that you can that you that your nervous system believes that it's safe to fall is that you fall and then you get back up. You can think about it all you want, but until you actually do the thing and then you live to tell about it, your nervous system doesn't truly believe that it's actually safe. So you will have to actually like do the things, expose yourself to it, and we can gradually expose yourself to these things by all means. Uh, but I, it is worth saying that you will have to actually experience this outcome, and maybe it's a little bit unpleasant. Uh, but again, I want to kind of equip you with the tools to go into that encounter and and sort through, work through that outcome. And again, I'll say it a million times: that's James Olivia's skills intensive. So I'm going to interject a little nuance here because sometimes you do got to kiss a little ass to get what you want, but you should probably stop kissing it when it tastes bad. And this discussion right here, I kind of feel like this is like tying in like the, I'm just going to say it because I'm old, kind of the Gen Z things and work and worth and basically doing shit that you don't want to do. I think that we're starting to conflate and confuse boundaries and just doing things that you don't want to do. And like, I don't want to actually write that paper. It's not like crossing a boundary though that the teacher asks you to write that paper, right? But if you take it as it relates to work, right? And I'm thinking about when I was employed at like a, you know, a PT clinic, there were times where I was like, I don't want to do this. But I did it because to me, the ultimate question that I'm asking myself is, is this going to get me what I want? Maybe I don't do what I, this is not like fun. I don't like it, but ultimately I win, right? So what is the phrase where, you know, you lose the battle, but you win the war, whatever. I want the bigger outcome. So this isn't necessarily directly boundary related because this, we're talking about well-being versus things you don't want to do. They're not necessarily the, the exact same, but I thought it was worth mentioning and bringing up when I was outlining this, right? Because it's kind of like a related topic, a tangential topic. Um, and I think that money comes into this as well because the people are asking about upholding boundaries with clients. And I get it, money is a valuable resource. And in the beginning, like you oftentimes was willing to take any clients and do whatever because you're like, I need to eat. I need to make money. And I get it. I don't fault you for that. I don't shame you for that, right? Sometimes you got to kiss a little ass to get what you want. But we should stop kissing ass when it tastes bad.
right? At some point, money can out, cannot outweigh your well-being. And when we start to get towards that, and then we start to see this, like, it's more than just, I don't want to do it. It's that it goes against my values. Or, like, maybe it's like, I just really don't want to fucking do it. Or, you know, we're starting to see... I think when we don't, when we really, really don't want to do it, that's when perhaps we can see the well-being start to come in and like it affecting our well-being because we're like, we hate this thing so dang much, right? So at some point, money cannot and should not outweigh your well-being. And then that's when we take action and we flip. So the big action item, because like I said earlier, I do believe that boundaries are basic, but just saying that is not enough. We need some exposure therapy. We need to show our nervous system that we can handle this outcome. Um, and, and some steps and what we can we do. I think that the big revelation, the big realization, the big thing that you have to go in understanding when you are looking to enforce or to set and enforce boundaries is that it is okay for people to be upset with you. I've actually been having this conversation quite frequently recently and there's no like longer, more fancy, you know, fancier way to say it. It's okay for people to be upset with you. And like I said earlier, kind of the exposure therapy, truly believing and knowing and internalizing that it's okay for people to be upset with you comes from having people be upset with you and then you don't die, right? You're like, okay, well, they're upset. And then like a week later, everything's fine. You have to go through that. The flip side is that maybe that person gets upset with you and then it does get worse and it requires you to set and uphold more boundaries because again, this is about prioritizing your well-being over someone else's desires. I do believe that for the most part, what we'll experience is that first category where people may be a little bit upset, but then they're like, okay, well, whatever, like, you know, it passes and then they're fine. Um, but I, it, it would be foolish of me and irresponsible of me to only paint that picture because yeah maybe things do get worse and that person gets really upset and then they try to push even more and they try to encroach even more and then you have to set and uphold more boundaries because it is about choosing to prioritize your well-being over someone else's desires i used an analogy a few episodes ago that people really liked about the air mask this is not you cutting other people's air masks everybody has them Right? You're just putting yours on first. You're prioritizing your well-being over that person's desire, which in this case, their desire is like, but I want to sit in front of you. And you're like, but let me put this thing on first and then we can like worry about switching your seats or whatever. Okay, So I want to hit you with a few examples as it relates to business and setting boundaries, just so you have an idea of kind of how, what it looks like in my world or you know my specific business. And the big thing here is that you get to choose, folks. You get to choose what the boundaries are. These are your boundaries. Right? Whether or not you know they look like X, Y, or Z is up to you. I'm just here to give you some examples, maybe get the old wheel spinning, because oftentimes we've learned that it's helpful for it is helpful for people to give us permission that we didn't actually need, but we see someone else doing it. They said it's okay. And suddenly we're like, yeah, actually maybe it is okay. So I'm going to talk about three different scenarios as it relates to uh, upholding boundaries. Number one, how long it takes for you to respond to inquiries and questions. It's up to you. The big thing here is open communication, meaning that you say it from the, or I should say clear communication, meaning that from the get-go, you state how long it's going to take. So for me, I, I work with clients and I coaching clients and I use an app called Voxer. It's voice notes and text messages. And I specifically say that I'll get back to the their Voxers within 24 to 48 hours 
during the business week and during work hours, you know, nine to five. That's it. If it's outside of that, I just don't get back to it because I've stated this is what it's going to be. Prioritizing my well-being over their desires. And I said it straight up off the bat, off the bat, put it in the, you know, the, the, any kind of contracts that you may have. I put it right when they go to sign up. It's right there so everybody, everybody knows. A similar thing with this that I see a ton is email autoresponders. Fuck an email autoresponder. I hate those things. If you're on vacation, okay, whatever. But I started seeing for a while, only from women, it's not surprisingly, you'd send an email out and that shit would pop back and it'd be like, I only check my email every 37 seconds from Monday to Friday, sometimes also on Saturday and Sunday, and I'll get back to you because I batch it. And it was like this whole fucking explanation. You don't need to do that. I will get back to you when I get back to you. That's it. That is how I do it, right? I'll give you some options, but that's how I do it. You will hear back from me when you hear back from me. So a few options here. Number one, set your business up in such a way that you can provide for your customers and also take care of yourself. So if you're like, I just don't like email, then don't correspond with people via email. Figure out a different way to do it. Another option would be to batch, right? Where maybe you just, for me, I largely lean into that where I'm really just responding on like a Monday or like a single day or set day during the week. You could also perhaps hire a VA. I just had a talk with um, Sarah Duval, and she was talking about how she has a, you know, an assistant that does a lot of her emails. And if you don't like emails, you're not good at getting back to them, have someone else do it. If you are can handle that in your business, right? financially, you can handle that part of thing. Or Molly, Gal- Molly Galbraith um, had, had mentioned this, and it wasn't hers. It was somebody else's that she had noticed. You could have an autoresponder that says, I'm never going to get back to you. That's pretty dope, right? The person had an autofinder because they were working on a book and they were like, listen, my life is just too busy. I'm never going to write back to you, but I just wanted to let you know that I received it. That's dope. I love it. Again, we have to learn how to trust ourselves to handle the outcome. Maybe you will lose that customer if you're like, I just fucking hate email. Maybe you're going to lose a customer, the customer that wrote to you and you never wrote back. It's okay. You are prioritizing your well-being your mental and emotional well-being over their desires. We take radical responsibility for that action, for our actions. And if you're like, but I want more business, well, then maybe we do need to start changing things. And maybe, you know, I gave you some, not maybe, I gave you some suggestions and some options just a few minutes ago. Flip side of this, if you're like, I'm going to lose a customer, and then you're like, but maybe I'm, I'm going to lose another customer because of quote-unquote bad press, like this person will tell someone else. Guess what? That, pro- that person that you lost, that second person, will probably be annoying as well. I'm thinking right now about people who have c- clients who just fucking email them so much and expect them to get back to them right away. Set and uphold the boundary, right? meaning you decide when you want to get back to people. If you lose that customer, that's okay. If they go and tell someone else and that person's like, ew, they can't they didn't get back to him in five seconds. I don't want to work with them. Good. Good for you because they were going to be a pain in your ass. Okay. So how long it takes you to get back to uh, inquiries and things like that, that's going to be up to you. This, what's out there, what's standard, it's based on a broken fucking system. So you don't have to be like, well, it's professional to do it in X amount of time. It is virtually impossible to stay to some of the schedules that society has put up of like get back in five seconds right? especially in the u.s so you figure out what works best for you and then you take radical responsibility for that outcome second example as it relates to setting and upholding boundaries with clients is how and where people can ask questions this is something that i come across a ton with the people that i work with and oftentimes people have you know a facebook group for their offer and then the person is also on instagram 
and they're receiving messages or receiving DMs from people that are in a program and they want people to ask questions, but in the Facebook group. So this, as you see, first step is making sure that you set the expectations very clearly from the jump. And it's like, hey, all questions will be, need to be asked in the Facebook group and will be answered, you know, Monday through Friday or whatever day. And you will learn this as you go, right? You'll learn this as you run your programs and you're like actually doing it, answering every day is too much. Next round, I'm just gonna answer it on the one day. You will figure that out and then just state it clearly at the beginning. If you stated it and then you've expressed to this person, right? This person keeps DMing you and you're like, please go and ask this in the Facebook group. And yes, of course, all this, we're being kind. This isn't some like, I have boundaries, fuck you. It's literally just like, hey, this is how the program runs. Go and ask it there so everyone can learn from it. Appreciate you. Everyone that I've worked with has been totally fine with that, right? But if you find someone that is not listening, it's also okay to ignore them and just be like, I'm not reading these DMs. It's okay to choose to not relate to someone if they are not relating with you, right? And if you fried relating, they're not listening, they're not hearing. It's okay to just be like, I'm not dealing with this. Like I said, having that conversation, telling people that you're only going to respond in the Facebook group and not to individual DMs. If the person gets mad, all right, let's do some injury, some injury, wow, some outcome management here. If the person gets mad about that, all right, and they ask for their money back, worst case, we seem to think like that's the worst case scenario, someone asks for a refund. If they ask for a refund, just fucking give it to them, who cares? But order of operations here, they ask for, they, they get mad, they ask for a refund. Number one, have a refund policy in place. I have one for all of my stuff. Do I adhere to that? Usually no, because I don't want to fucking deal with that person, all right? So this is me and boundaries and how I want to deal with things. I would rather just give someone their fucking money back than have to deal with, but here's the policy. I don't fucking care. Let's go away. Never come back to me. I will never let you buy from me ever again. You're a pain in my ass. I'm done with you. I am prioritizing my peace, my happiness, my well-being over that person's desires, 100%. Okay. So we have that refund policy in place. You can, you can look to uphold that and be like, hey, this is what the refund policy says. But realistically, and I would say for 99% of the people that I talk to that are in my ecosystem, my friends, my, my colleagues, things like that, you're probably just going to refund that person and then block them from everything else. Maybe you do a partial refund. Um, it can, yes, depend on what the program is like. If it's like they've already had access to everything, they've already done, gone through everything, like you could say no. By all means, say no, uphold the thing. It's, it's your choice. But for me, I'd rather wash my hands, rid myself of that disaster of a person and I will definitely block them from buying things in the future because I don't need that headache um the the take-home action item from here the take-home message from here is stop trying to please people who suck right stop trying to please people who suck I get it again right I said earlier on when we're in the beginning and we just need money and we're just like whatever I just need to like get money you kiss ass until it just tastes bad right and then and then we stop but I want you folks thinking about that and really at the, the, the forefront of your mind as well, prioritizing and thinking about being cognizant of your well-being. Third thing here in terms of as an example for setting boundaries is scheduling people. Easiest thing to do because the majority of you listening to this probably have some sort of online business. Use an online scheduler, folks. Use a goddamn online scheduler. This allows you to set the times that you're open. It allows you to set what's actually available. People can see what's available. And all they do then is schedule. They're not going back and forth, one, because that's annoying. But two, you don't have that like guilt or whatever. Like the person wrote to you and they're like, hey, can I get in? It's just like, hey, this is what's available. Done. Um, flip side, or I should say point number two within scheduling people 
is accept the outcome of your decisions. Take radical responsibility for the outcome of your decisions and perhaps maybe do things until you get salty. It's kind of similar to kind of like kissing ass. And I'm thinking right now about healthcare providers. I'm thinking about myself. I'm thinking about, you know, my girl Karen, who we will, you know, add someone to the, you know, early in the morning or to the end of the schedule. But it's usually a good client, not a new client, someone that we know we're looking to help them out. And this is where boundaries have to be yours, not things that you think you should have. It's not a blanket statement of like, I will never work before eight. I will never work before four, after four. And you shouldn't either. It's whatever feels good for you. And that is for those of you listening, and who have this, who have your own business. This is one of the best things about running your own business is that you can do that. Like I run along with some of my calls and that's fine for me. It's totally fine. You get to choose, you know, how and when you bend things. I think there's a lot of value in learning your no. And I did it as a PT, by by all means, I did it as a, absolutely did it as a PT where I take people early and stay late. And at some point you're like, I can't do this anymore. I don't want to do this anymore. I have to prioritize my well-being or my well-being is starting to be compromised. And so I'm going to prioritize that, my well-being, over someone else's desires. Um, Third part here within scheduling people is what about wait lists? And this is a very real issue. It's kind of a champagne problem, but it's still a problem, especially if you're good at what you do. And you're like, man, there's like my wait list is like six weeks or it's into whatever months. This is a tough one, and I think that it comes down to, one, you could hire, right? You could absolutely look to hire, and then you could have people go see someone else. But oftentimes, people don't want to see someone else, and you don't want them to see someone else. So as it relates to that, this is going to be about really leaning into your well-being and, like, can you see all these people? Can you do – do you want to see more? And if not, then you got to just look into – you got to lean on. You need to lean on – let me back it up. You need to determine your enough, right? How much is enough? Because I think that the majority of people that have wait lists and then you're worried about getting people in, it's not about making a million dollars. You just want to help a lot of people. But as the financial side of things, like, you know, ties in here, it is about determining your enough. You're just like, this is all that I want to work. Like, yeah, there are, there is more demand, but you know what? I don't want to be the one to fulfill it. I don't want to be the supply for that. And maybe, you know, get some referrals and you, you refer out to other people. So number one, determine your enough. And then the second part here is trust in your ability to serve your current clients and generate more business in the future. I think some part of us, you know, does get worried about like, well, if I say no to these people or there's a long wait list, they go somewhere else, then at some point the well is going to dry up. And I think that we need to trust in our ability to continue to bring in clients by serving our current clients and continuing to serve our current clients and generating more clients from that, whether they are the same people and we're doing reactivation campaigns or, you know, they're just, they continue to, to come see you and work with you, or they go and tell other people uh, and they bring you more business. So I will say that as it relates to wait lists and, and seeing people, your present well-being has to come first. Yes, I'm a planner as well. And I'm thinking about, you know, the future of like, okay, but will I have enough clients then? We have to take care of today. I do believe that if you take care of today, tomorrow gets taken care of as well, or tomorrow will get taken care of. You have that foundation. So your present well-being has to come first. And this is why I don't want people just, you know, being like, well, I have weightless. I'm just going to open up everything and see all the people. Now you're going to burn out. It's not sustainable. 
Um, so from a tactical side, the business side here, it would be to get strategic and intentional with your money, with your resources. So track the turnover, track how often people are coming in, see where they're actually coming in for. What, what excuse me, see where they're actually coming in from. What are your referral sources? What is actually working? Get your financial house in order. I have a bunch of episodes about all of this. And then you can double down on those things. If you are worried about, well, if I don't get to my wait list, what am I going to do in the future? You're going to get tactical now. You're going to take care of your people right now. You're going to get tactical and intentional with your business right now. And that will allow you to take care of the things in the future. Okay. So I'm going to wrap it up here. Um, but to bring in a a, par, a phrase that one of the people who asked the question, the other person who asked this question about boundaries said, if being a 10 out of 10 at your job, or if having people consider you to be a 10 out of 10 out of your job, excuse me, if being a 10 out of your, I can't speak, Courtney, leave it all in. If being a 10 out of 10 at your job requires you to compromise your boundaries, you don't want that job. Am, am I speaking for you? Yes. Yes, I am. And I'm putting it into the ether because I've learned that sometimes people just saying something makes it okay for us to think that thing. So I'm putting it out there. If the only way that people see you as a 10 out of 10 at your job is if you compromise your boundaries, you don't uphold your boundaries, you do not want that job. Right. To me, Setting and enforcing a boundary simply means prioritizing your well-being over someone else's desires. I want to validate the difficulty of this because I know it's there, but I truly do believe that boundaries are basic. At the end of the day, it comes down to trusting yourself to handle the outcome. And more importantly, understanding, recognizing, realizing, internalizing, knowing that it's okay for people to be upset with you. All right. That's all we're going to do for that episode. It's a little longer than I wanted, but it's still good. It's still good. Emma, I know you're listening. I, I shoot for that 22-minute mark, but I knew when I was looking at the outline, I was like, oh, it's going to be a little longer, closer to 30, and here we are. So thank you, as always, for tuning in. Uh, just a little heads up. Next episode is going to be a guest episode, okay? We've got a little guest episode, like a little spree coming up here, um, and it's with the founder of Smart Tools, Nick Colosi. I brought him on to talk all things BFR, uh, blood flow restriction. My goal with all of this, with this podcast, all the things that I do is simply to put the best resources and the best people in front of you. Be that the best solutions for setting boundaries, you know, with um, James Olivia, or the best solutions for saving off muscle atrophy, in this case, blood flow restriction. Um, the podcast has range, right? Suffice to say, the podcast has range. And I'm grateful for all that you that you do. You tune in, you listen, the suggestions, the questions that you ask. I love hearing from you. The, uh, what are they called? The te not testimonials. What they call them testimonials? I don't, I don't know. The reviews. That's it. Bingo. The reviews, you leave them. I read them. The stars. I appreciate you. You DM me. You share things on social. I appreciate every single one of those actions. And it's my goal to continue to bring you all of the best that you want. So slide into the DMs, shoot me a text, 310-737-2345. If you got questions, comments, concerns, I would love to hear from you. All right. Officially wrapping it up. Until next time, friends, maestro, 